This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E. G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I'm Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm on your host, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E. G. Black. Hello. And our special guest for this week, Helen Austin. Hello. So today we're looking at minutes 58 and 59 of About Time, which starts with a continuation of Tim's very awkward exchange with Charlotte and Tina. Tina continues on to say, problem with that? Where Tim says, no, I don't. I love that stuff. It's... (sighs) Yeah. That's like... That's the worst of the lines here, I think, in terms of what we were saying before about the the possible issue with things being misconstrued. I think it's still fine because we know how well-meaning he is and how he is trying to undo the offence of what he said before. And the sound makes it perfect. The swoosh sound for time travel is happening before he finishes the sentence. Mm. It's already, yeah, this has gone off the rails, it's done. Yeah, do you think that's Tim realising at that point that he's got to go back. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, the thing I really like is that from before, I'd mentioned how the music, when the music started playing, and just before this whole interaction happened, Tim had this kind of moment where the lighting was really good, and you just saw Tim's face, and he was, like, getting ready to go and approach the pair of them. And so, I don't know, I kind of had this feeling where I was like, oh, okay, okay, this is going to be sweet. And then all of this conversation happens and <laughs> it's just, it's so cringy, but in a, I love this kind of way. I thought it was so well done. Mm. I love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and as I said, it's because he's so well-meaning. I think if it was a different character saying that sort, that sort of line, it would be, yeah, it'd come across worse than it oh, does yeah. here. Because we if know Jay said it. Oh, yeah. If Jay you can tell already. that he's trying to... If Harry said it... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so we then cut back into them at the theatre. The little boy behind Rory looks at the camera for a moment. He, well, he did the first time, too. It's actually consistent. That's good. Yeah. Because Richard Kurt has commented on it at this point in the commentary. And actually, I, I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah, the fact that Rory's still clapping while everyone else is leaving like I hadn't thought about it first time round but yeah like people are a good way out like and he's just still cheering Rory is having the best as he says later the best night of his life (laughs) yeah I we we get a good bit of Rory in this film but we could have had so much more like (laughs) Rory's great from what I can see of him he just screams positivity yeah and I love that I love the fact that everyone else is trying to rush out, but he's still appreciating it. He's still wanting to clap and carry on. So then Tim suddenly comes across as really responsible at this moment, where he says, wow, I've just seen the girl who broke my heart three summers ago. Rory says, let's go say hello. Now let's let sleeping dogs lie. Come on. I mean, yeah, even at this point, like, if we didn't know what had happened beforehand, that would be a really weird way to respond anyway, wouldn't it? Like, you'd kind of want to say hello anyway. I feel like I, I can't well, think of many people. It, de- it depends who, who how she broke your heart. Ages. Yeah, that's true. To be fair, if I saw any of my exes, I would not walk up to them in a theater. But I'm an awkward freak like Tim, so. Would you point them out either? Depending on who I'm with, yeah. If it's someone who knows that name and who that person is when I reference it, yeah, I'd tell, I'd say. That makes sense. 
Yeah, so I like, uh, yeah, I like how Rory does say when he's outside, best night of my life. I always love this area. It's so bustling. And I mean, those pictures full of colour. It just makes me so, so happy when I'm round here. All the colour. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love that line. I want to know. When I heard Rory. it, I replayed it about six or seven times because I just loved it. He walked out and he was so excited. Yeah. Part of me wants to know Rory, the other part of me wants to be the Rory. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you could say that the end moral of this film is to be a Rory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> to, appreciate to the colour. Just yeah. be Rory. Which, I'm wondering, maybe we should save that as the moment we go back to the week when they stop in the uh, train station. Hello, this is Robert jumping in with a quick correction while editing. This is not any scene from the train station. This is before I realized what the location was. I'm talking about the monument in Minute 101, repeated in Minute 103, in which Tim and Rory are running through the Royal Courts of Justice, and Tim pauses to look around. Is that compare Tim slowing down and looking around to this moment with Rory? Because I think, yeah, Rory's already done it. Yeah, I'll definitely go back to this moment when we do that. 100%. If I remember. I know I shouldn't say 100%, because that, that's a while ahead. And I literally decide that the bonus minutes, like, at the exact moment where I'm sending the files... I never write them in on the schedule for some reason. Like, I don't know. It's more exciting because I've I've already forgotten what minute I've sent Helen, so this is going to be interesting. I've got a good idea, but I'm not certain. So yeah, then then Charlotte comes up to Tim, which I think it 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 is good that Tim and Charlotte, like Charlotte, thought her and Tim were close enough during that summer they spent together to still go and see him, like and to recognize. I mean, obviously they spent a summer together. You'd think that they would they would notice each other, but yeah, it's just. Worthwhile thing. And another comment is this girl with the bike, right, leaning on the tree. Did you notice her, Robert, at all in your background spotting? I noticed the bike. Apparently, one of the extras or a passerby or someone chose to stand there. Richard could have said, okay, well, if you stand there with your bike, you will have to stay there for six hours. And she (laughs) did, and didn't move at all. She stayed in that exact position for six hours, which is amazing. And he says she deserves, like, all the credit. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think she's referred to as, like, girl on bicycle or something. I don't know if she's got a credit for it, but she should. It's weird, weird he said girl on bicycle, considering she's not on her bike at all. It's just an, an odd an oddity that's quite interesting. So, yeah, so Charlotte spots Tim while Rory is roaring. Tim! Oh, Charlotte! Tim, lovely to see you! Tim says, what a surprise. Which, yeah. I, I, I do love when Tim delivers these sort of tongue-in-cheek lines. Like, what a surprise and other moments, like, beforehand, where he... It feels tongue-in-cheek the way he phrases them, you know? Mm. Almost almost as if he's trying to make someone laugh, but isn't. Like, he's got... He's no, there's no one he's saying it to as a sort of jokey thing, but at least that, that's how I'd taken that reading of this line. To sort of be... That he's almost even having a joke with himself about, oh, yeah, what a surprise, you know? I, yeah. Although I guess... I guess he is telling that joke with Rory because he spotted Charlotte. So maybe the fact that he pointed her out, it's still sort of a joke. Oh, what a surprise to see you here. Yeah, I don't know. Charlotte says, wow, sorry, uh, this is my girlfriend, Tina. And, and and how Rory just goes, she's gay. It's such a such a great sort of line, which I think is is said so quickly, it sort of flies past. But it's 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 such a, a good another laugh in this, really. Yeah, he's more, he's worse than Tim. So it makes mm. Tim even better what just happened. Now I got that, but I'd also interpreted it that Rory could have been better than Tim and was pointing out that Tina was gay and Tim hadn't realised that at first. I kind of thought it was like saying 
it's not only Tim who would make this, who would have that yeah. interaction. Like, yeah. it's not just him who has this opinion. It's just a thing that a lot of people kind of may have interpreted that to mean. Mm, it almost true. humanizes him a little bit more. Yeah, it even makes, more. It makes Tim's interaction feel more normal. And obviously, Tim tells Rory to shut up, and he says, "Oh yeah, hello, Tina." <laughs> So Charlotte says, look at you. You know, it just never occurred to me that you existed outside of Cornwall. Um, We're about to go get dinner, but it would be great to hang out sometime. And Tim says, yeah, sure, that'd be, I'd love that. And then Charlotte says, oh, and send my love to little Kit Kat. How is she? She's okay. She's not finding London totally easy. Right, right. Well, Jimmy says he sees her sometimes. Really? Since when? You knew there was always... So this is interesting. Jimmy sees her sometimes. Yeah. Because he... They are dating at this point, right? Or no, they, were, they were they're, on and off. They're, they're on and off, yeah. I think by sees her, I think she means they go out on dates, but they're not together. That makes sense. Because th- I think they did say before that they're on and off. Did they say that? Oh, later uh, on in later. the film? That's later. Yeah. Okay. At this point, we might have forgotten who Jimmy was and watching it the first time. Well, yeah, we don't really see Jimmy at this point. Well, we see Actually, him in the, in the film, we don't know Jimmy's name at this point. No, we know that... We've seen him, but we don't know who he is. Yeah, we've seen someone talking to Kit Kat at a party. Yeah. And then we have we know that Charlotte is the cousin of Kit Kat's of boyfriend of that time, Jimmy. Yeah. But we don't know who Jimmy was. It That moment where we do see Jimmy for the first time, I remember thinking, oh, it's Albert from Victoria. Like, that, <laughs> that was the moment where I'd recognised him. So that was the moment to me where he was a character and not an extra. And obviously, Helen, you don't see Jimmy at all in these minutes, so... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. At this point, I had no idea who Kit Kat was or anything. I just kind of got that afterwards when I when I kind of watched the trailers and learned mm. a bit more about the film. That's when I figured out what who that was in relation to these characters. I've said, I've said this a few times. These characters who we only see little glimpses of, they're so three-dimensional as characters that you do imagine they've that there could be a whole other film about them. Oh, yeah. Like, each of them, even even down to Jimmy, Kit Kat, Rory, like, there, there are just so many characters where it's like, even if they're only in a couple of scenes, they feel like real people. And it's brilliant how Richard Kurtz can do that so well and give each character such different personalities, even when they're hardly in it. That's one of the many reasons I admire Richard Curtis's writing. And his directing in this is brilliant as well. Um, I mean... Helen hadn't asked you, actually. So, I mean, what what did you know of Richard Curtis outside of this film? Not enough. Okay. <laughs> I mean, have if, if, if you seen the list of the things he's written? Or is that is that one of the things you've researched? Or is that a thing for me to recite now? <laughs> you can recite it. Like, you I can't can recite it, it from memory. I, I know most of them. I think there's a few which <gasps> I wouldn't know. You probably watched most of them this week. Yeah, all right. So, TV... You've got one episode of Doctor Who, which is Vincent and the Doctor, yeah. and then you've got, he, he was one of the creators of Blackadder, The Vicar of Dibley, and Mr. Bean. Um, film, Four Wedding and a Funeral, Notting Hill, Love Actually, Yesterday, The Boat That Rocked, uh, Bridget Jones, um, Girl in the Cafe, and he also was one of the founders of Comet Relief. So he's basically I... a genius. <laughs> yeah, I now need to basically apologise that I didn't because looking at the list, you could put almost all of my favourite films, almost all of my favourite films are on that list. And TV shows, I'm a big fan of Vicar Dibley, Bridget Jones, Love Actually. I love them all. 
There have been, because so many of our guests have been Americans, there are a few people on here who even knew that Vicar of Dibley exists, so it's such a relief to know you're a fan. It's, oh, I I'm keep talking to Robert about fan. it. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Vicar of Dibley. And it's kind of surprising me now, like, how did I not, I'd, I'd obviously heard the name and I obviously knew of them, but it's crazy that I didn't quite make the association with everything, you yeah. know. When, you... when I first realised, like, when I became a fan of Richard Curtis, then I looked through his list and I was like, oh yeah, my favourite episode of Doctor Who was Vincent the Doctor, and he wrote that as well. <laughs> like, just... Mamma Mia, here we go again. Oh yeah, Mamma Mia, here we go again, yeah. It's just, yeah, he is... Honestly, I think most of the films that have inspired me to be an actress are on this list. Huh. <laughs> So there we go, Richard Curtis, if you've made it that far into the show, there's a, another of the many compliments we've given you over the whole recording. Yeah, It's one of those where individual films and shows, you associate them with the name, but then you don't always think of associating them with each other and yeah, realising just how many of your favourites were by this person. Mm. Yeah. I think the thing with Richard Curtis films as well is almost every successful British comedy is his. <laughs> like, yeah, you you take a look at like the top British films lists, Sorry, I'm and just probably at least half of them are Richard Curtis movies. So, yeah, the fact that he even knows that we exist is exciting to me. You get really, really attached to the characters that he he's created. He's brought to life these characters and. They feel so real, but so comedic. Yeah. Like, I think most people would write a character as, okay, this is the comic, this is the comic relief guy. So he's just there yeah. to say funny things. Whereas Richard yeah. Curtis is like, okay, well, let's still give him, e- even if we don't hear a backstory, let's at least imply that he's got one. You know, let's, mm. let's allow, I mean, it's par- probably partially to do with the casting decisions as well. Like, allow these to feel like real people because a lot of the comedy, is the comedy in the way of if you're out with your friend and your friend said a funny thing, rather than major, stupid, silly things happen. Yeah. And it's, I just realized as you were saying that, that in just this moment of Rory, like talking about best night of his life and how he says all this, I get more a sense of him as a character with like his own life than every single character in a movie that I watched last night. To be fair, it was a bad movie, but it was like they weren't even trying. And in one little exchange of dialogue here, I get the impression that he has, he does stuff when we don't see it. No. I saw your complaints on Twitter about the film. What was the film that you watched last night that was awful? Uh, well, I watched two, but the one I'm talking about is called Evil Things, which had five main characters that literally I didn't know their names half an hour in. Yeah, that's And not didn't great. care an hour in. And it was just like, we, and then we don't even see them die. Right, this isn't the place to complain about horror films, but. <laughs> was that uh is it, is it one of your things you did for the room then or just i might mention it on there sometime i don't know but yeah i i there, it is incredible how much depth is in this and i think that's why things like possibly less with his tv work like mr b and blackhead and vicar dibley a little bit still feel like funny things your friends would say but they're they're slightly more of the silly things happening for the sake of silly things happening but that works with the tone of them like, he knows yeah. with romantic comedy to still make these feel like real people. And I can't figure out how he does it, but he does. As a kid, I used to, me and my friend, I used to be so into Vicar of Dibley. 
And I used to get my friend, me and her, would, like, act out certain parts. And, like, in the episode, like, The Handsome Stranger, when there's the song playing and, you know, there's this wedding scene and there's kind of, like, this choreography. Yeah. I watched it yeah, the, literally the other day. Yeah, me and my friend watched it. Literally, we would just... I would teach her the routine and just do it all the time. Like, I just... I loved watching it and i think vicar dibley was a huge part of my childhood mm. there is and there now. is so much rewatch value like i i think i only discovered vicar dibley about a year or two ago but there i've rewatched it still countless times like especially since it's come up on netflix recently it's like if there's nothing else to watch i'm watching vicar of dibley and yeah and and the the thing with richard Kurtz, especially with all the comedy stuff is there are so many jokes which you don't realize first time round like yeah. each time you watch it other jokes hit you and it's, yeah. So, Robert, if there is any way in the States to watch Vicar Dibley, I think you said, like, it's, Brit it's Box It's on Britbox, yeah. Yeah. I think I can get a uh, a free trial of it, see what I can watch. Yeah, I think that would definitely be interesting to get your American perspective on. Because it is a very <laughs> British comedy. I, I should, I should do British. it, because you mention it so many times in this show. So, mm. I, should get, <laughs> I should give it a shot. And I think I did at least once or twice on other shows as well, right? I think I did it. Yes. When you did Please Be Seated, I think I mentioned it. Yes, Come on the how did. or why. And I probably mentioned it on The Room or something <laughs> at some point. I know you, you mentioned Richard Curtis stuff on The Room Minute, but I don't think you ever mentioned Vicar Dibley specifically. But yeah, it's, it's really, really funny. And, consistent like considering how i hadn't realized watching it like through once the whole series had been finished for ages as to how many years were between each series and yet how consistent the flow of the show is Mm. and just like on a similar note with the fact that a lot of his films were what inspired me to be an actress without exactly knowing yes it's richard curtis films yeah but i was already trying to pursue acting when i watched mamma mia here we go again Mm. but it pushed me so much more because i just thought they did such a good job with with some of those flashback scenes i just i loved it i watched it so many times and at times it felt like i had this appreciation for it that i don't know it's one of those films as soon as you watch it you think i want to be involved in this like it, yeah, it, it, I just wish so I fun. was part of that film. <laughs> yeah, I think... I mean, I, I, I'm rarely envious of anything involving dancing because, like, the the directors <laughs> of my school shows will know how awful I am at, like, every dance. But watching Mamma mm-hmm. Mia, Here We Go Again, and even, even obviously the first Mamma Mia, just seeing how much fun they all have, it's like, yeah, I want to be there. I wouldn't mind spending hours, yeah. days, trying to remember the choreography to have that fun. So yeah, I think that's definitely the vibe you get with a lot of his films as well. Like, even though they are heartfelt and often quite hit quite deeply, they look like they're fun. (laughs) But you can sense that everyone gets along really well. There's a chemistry that I just don't see in so many other films. There's a chemistry that's produced between the characters. And you can tell that probably came from a chemistry between the actors. The life on set. I mean, it feels almost wrong to compare to th- these two things but i mean when i was writing unstable that the idea and what i'm trying to go more into in the in the like as i said before briefly about like doing the tv series using the same characters that i'm writing with unstable is that adam and sophie relationship is inspired by like every rich curtis relationship almost 
Well, it's it when we were filming that actually, there was there was a time that the entire montage was just us completely being almost ourselves in real life mm. as well. Like the way that you kind of filmed it, you were like be in character, yeah, but just have fun and. That ended up being one of my favourite parts in the entire thing. And I think it's because you could see a chemistry. Yeah, I mean, to look at, like, the shooting day, it was literally the, we've got, like, ten minutes before you need to get your train. So to look at it like that, it was like, how on earth did we get that out of rush? I think I literally was like, (laughs) okay, act like a couple and walk to the bridge and back. And somehow, (laughs) yeah, like, I I loved that. And I think that's one of my favourite bits. I nearly put it into my filmmaking showreel. The only reason I didn't is because the new version involves Lara's song and I'd already put her music video in my showreel. I thought it'd be kind of weird mm. to have the same song twice. But yeah, it, it's wonderful that and I think your performance there, because that wasn't how I'd intended it to look until afterwards. And I was like, mm. oh, wow. And there was so much more footage I could have used from that as well. I feel like we've sidetracked quite a lot. Yeah. Well, have, have we gone into, we haven't even gone into 59 yet, have we? No. <laughs> no. So, have we got any other notes? Have I even finished 58? We did finish... Yeah, you got through 58. Um, Yeah. You knew there was... The only other note I have is the specific is now we know when the movie started. It was New Year's Eve 2004 to 2005. Hmm. And I think as we said before, like that... It it feels weird because in... I think you... We discussed this when you look at time before. In my mind, the whole film is 2013, even though it's nine years. It's nine years of 2013 in my head. But it's still timeless timeless enough basically it ends in 2013 yeah but there aren't many sort of specific moments where you feel like oh that's dated like mm. no, no i mean the whole kate moss thing maybe but that's still fine <laughs> the exhibit was still there yeah and i'm sure it's i mean i i mean i do still occasionally surprisingly since i mean i hadn't before watching about time i mean i realized helen you don't even know there's a kate you don't even know there's a kate moss thing but there's a kate moss thing in about time with them going to, like, a Kate Moss exhibit and all of that. Like, before watching it, I didn't really have much of an awareness of Kate Moss, mostly because of being someone born in 2004. Her main time period has slid past. But since watching it, I have noticed that there have been a few things I've watched or, like, conversations I've heard people have where they do mention Kate Moss, so it still feels normal enough that there is... that they would go to the exhibit. Especially when they are people who grew up at that time. So, yeah, have we got any other comments on 58 before we slide straight into 59? So Charlotte continues in 59 saying, something there. Sorry, um, you are? <laughs> Obviously to Rory. And he says, very well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Tim saying, well, she means your name. He says, ah, oh, Roger. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, this, this, this is a brilliant callback. There's a, there's a brief moment earlier on in the film wherein... Rory's boss refers to him as Roger instead of Rory. So this is sort of a brilliant callback that we, it's, it's still funny, even if you don't remember that moment. Mm. And it's, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's Rory. She says, nice to meet you, Rory. Yeah. And then Charlotte carries on. And I, I quite like this bit at first where she does just talk to him and then leave. Obviously this yeah. changes the moment, but that feels enough like what you'd expect their relationship to have been over. Oh, nice to see you again. Brief catch up and then go. Right. Yeah. So Charlotte says, um, right, sorry, we should get going. It was really great to see you. Tim says, you too. Charlotte, I'll see you soon. Tim, yeah, bye. And Rory says, she is beautiful. And we hear Tina saying, very weird. Charlotte, <laughs> I think we should go to 
She is, Rory continues, she is so beautiful. If you had sex with her, you'd die. You'd just die. You'd open her shirt, you'd see her breasts, and your eyes would explode. You'd have to have sex with her blind, and then you'd die. And once again, like, now any sort of objectification feels wrong and out of place. But Rory's explanation feels okay. Well, it, it helps that he's weird. Yeah, I think if he, if it was going to, if it were Jay, if it were Harry, it'd be odd. Yeah. Obviously, Tim isn't endorsing it, and we know that he's odd. I think, I think it's just, it's once again, it's dangerous grounds to tread, and Richard Curtis manages to tread those grounds without, as far as I'm aware, causing offence. I mean, hell, I don't want you to feel like I brought you on to get the the female perspective on these things. But it is definitely <laughs> helpful. Like, what, I mean, what, what's your view on on the, on this whole thing, really? I honestly think that interaction is just brilliant, the way that he... Because it doesn't sound as much like objectification or anything like that. It, it. I mean, I guess, but, but because he's talking it's at his to own his... Expense, I guess, because it's... He's, yeah, he's talking to his friends and he's not saying, did you get a look at that or anything like that. He was just kind of rambling about something that it's his own personal kind of attraction to to women that kind yeah. of and i guess maybe maybe it's because it, because it's his insecurity and it's his idea yeah. that you'd die the joke is on the person who's seeing her rather than on her yeah, yeah the it definitely feels like the kind of point of it like it's not that he's going to imagine sleeping her, with her you're and, not yeah yeah you're not you're not actually thinking about her well, at least I wasn't. I wasn't really thinking about her when I was hearing him say that. I was thinking more about him, and yeah, it comes across his insecurities and his feelings. You could almost forget that it was about her at all, almost. It could have yeah. been about anyone. It could be about anything. It's just him kind of showing his his true colours a little bit, and it's, it's, it's quite a funny interaction. I do... It just made me like the character Rory even more, because... It also He's just so insecure and awkward. It also makes him feel more aware than Tim. Like the idea of her being out of his league per se. Like yeah. Tim thought he stood a chance and Rory knows he doesn't. And I wonder whether that sort of means anything. I mean the whole I mean they, they never use the phrase out of your league. I mean I, have, I genuinely haven't heard that phrase used in ages to be honest. But I mean the, yeah the the sort the sort of idea where Tim thought that he'd have a chance with her, and Rory was just straight up like, "Nah, if, if if I was with her, I'd die." You know, it's a yeah, it's it's an odd but kind of acceptable exchange. May I be slightly controversial and slightly objectifying for a moment? Yeah. I, I his, his what he says was weird to me because I don't. I think so many people are really attracted to Margot Robbie, right? And I love her as an actress. She has charisma. I think. Every other actress in this movie is more attractive than her. Like, I mean, there's only a few. It's not like she's saying she's ugly or anything, but I just, I'm like, okay, Charlotte's fine, whatever. But there's Mary, there's Kit Kat, there's Polly, there's, <laughs> there's Tina. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But it's, we were met, we were introduced to her by Tim's perspective. So it works for the movie, but I'm just like, she's not that great. Move on, Rory. I mean, I, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd beg to differ, but I'll leave it there. Right. I know. <laughs> I think what I've been trying to say, but I've just not been able to get the right words, is that it's all, it's all kind of sounding like it's coming from Rory's opinions. And he's not saying, 
I guess he is using the word you, but he's not kind of making out like everyone would be necessarily head over heels in love yeah. with her. But just the fact that he himself is just like, I I wouldn't know what to do. Just what is this? I think this girl is amazing. And it's kind of very personal for him almost. Mm. And I think, yeah. I think it's interesting to use the phrase in love because when Tim first saw her, yeah. it felt like a romantic attraction. Whereas with Rory, it felt almost like a sort of sexual attraction. Yeah, but it's, with, it's physical. With, it, it was like a sexual attraction with the concept of sex being so out there that he knows that there's there's no chance at anything. Visually, it's nice here also in that when we first met Charlotte in the film, she is objectified by the film. Yeah, we see here, her from the we see her from her legs. We see her legs up to her is in the yeah. first shot. Here is Rory saying this. This entire sequence hasn't treated her that way it's focused on her face and her talking and just let her be a person and so it works really well because then it makes him his thing doesn't sound salacious it sounds nice you know like it sounds like the thing you might think if you saw someone that you thought was attractive he just says it out loud he just said it yeah i think that makes sense and yeah i mean it is worth saying yeah like we we said before even in how she was written when tim first saw her looking at tim as the narrator of this film and tim telling us the story as to how when he first saw her, she was kind of objectified and she was just mm-hmm. the attractive girl. There, There is more personality to her in, these, in this scene. Yeah. Than there is to her earlier like, like the fact that she stops mid-sentence to, to talk to Rory because she realizes he's standing there. You know, there's something more to her. Mm. So it's like Tim has matured at this point to see her in a different light. And seeing yeah. her through Tim's eyes, that's how we're, we're viewing her at this moment. So Tim then says, well, you know, she didn't give me her number. And then Charlotte runs into frame and grabs Tim's arm to steal from your pretty much description of your from your notes. Yeah. Charlotte says, "Tim, I um, I told Tina to go have dinner on her own. Are you hungry?" That I mean, this this whole thing seems kind of odd. Well, it make it makes sense, but I think you can see through this that Charlotte expects that she would end up hooking up with Tim or whatever, because yeah. otherwise they would meet as couples as pairs of friends and go and have dinner. Like, you know, Rory and Tina would join them and they probably just eat in a cafe or something, you know? Yeah. It was very, it was very kind of assuming of her to be like, oh, I've already ditched my friend. Yeah. Let's go out rather than being like, do you, do you fancy this? Like it always say, she assumed that he would just be up for it. She already kicked her friend to the, I mean, I don't want to say that, but kicked her friend to the curb basically. Yeah. In order to go out to dinner, and then, I mean, it's about to come up anyway when when you say it, but it then follows on with her kind of, her kicking Rory, not even letting Tim do it, she kicks Rory to the curb. Yeah, I I think my interpretation of this is when Tim and Charlotte first meet, as she even hints in dialogue later on, they aren't, he likes her, but she doesn't see anything in him aside from friend so now she's seeing him this like i feel like he's almost a rebound to her that maybe she's just come out of a difficult relationship and she knows that tim is someone who liked her and wanted to sleep with her so assumed that instantly being with tim would make her feel good yeah or worst case scenario like any guy she sees she just assumes if i want him i can have it yeah. either way it's like how does that the movie is focused on tim so it's like we have to assume it or guess it she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't feel as much of a, if I want him, I'll have him kind of character in this. Not in a, really. not in like a predatory or bad way, but maybe she's just used to it. Yeah, maybe. 
yeah, maybe she doesn't know that she thinks like that, but she does. That's a good point. I think I think Joanna knows that she. Joanna would do it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, what what impressions do you get of Margot Robbie as as Charlotte Helen in these minutes? I don't know. So well, I I do kind of. I wish I had the context of the rest of the film to be able to give like a, a proper opinion. But just from this kind of interaction, she seems really quite sweet and quite nice. As you said, I quite like the fact that she wasn't just talking to Tim before she then turns her attention and starts talking to Rory. Much to his surprise, like if yeah. you watch, if you watch it, he's just smiling, being himself, smiling all happily. And the second she directs the conversation to him, his eyes widen. He doesn't know mm-hmm. what to say. But um, honestly, as like a a social thing, just her kicking her friend to the curb and just being like, "By the way, I've already gotten rid of my friend. Time for you to do the same." It's it's her wording actually. She says something like. I've told Tina to go have dinner on her own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's an interesting thing to say to your friend. Like, go have dinner by yourself. I know we already have plans, but... Yeah, and the fact I... that she's forwarded it to make Tim feel guilty, almost. Like, it wasn't yeah. just... Oh, I, it wasn't just, I told Tina, I'm, you know, Tina doesn't mind if I go and have dinner with you or whatever. Like, it was, it was almost, you know the image of someone going out and having dinner on their own is quite a sad image. So, so the, yeah, the, I think you're instantly thinking, okay, well, if she's done that, then I'd better do something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I've not really been in the in the financial position to go out to a restaurant and eat dinner on my own, but I'd imagine it's it's a rare occurrence. You, you know, going out to a restaurant is normally a thing you do with other people, right? <laughs> it's an experience, honestly. When I went to America, I did a, quite a lot of things by myself like socially for the first time like before I would have never really thought to go to the cinema by myself or anything like that but on this trip I had I'd gone to America pretty much by myself to do an acting course and although I made friends out there and I had someone that I was staying with who was really really kind and lovely I still wanted to do a lot by myself and Mm. It's actually really empowering almost going to meals by yourself and just being comfortable and happy yeah. in your own company. So I definitely recommend it when, when you can. It's yeah, definitely that. something that's, it, it doesn't seem like it would be that much of a big deal. But then when you do it, it can be really nice. It, it's only a big deal when you don't want to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I say, I'm just not someone who tends to go to restaurants much at all. So I think, I don't think it's out of place to say it's it's an idea which the image of someone going out to have dinner on their own is a sort of sad and lonely image. Yeah, the fact when it's kind of forced upon you. Yeah. You know, you go to this. She didn't choose to. Play <laughs> or was it a play? Because as I said, I don't yeah. quite have the context. Yeah. yeah. So you know they've gone to this play together. They had plans to go to dinner together. And then she just turns around and she's like, oh, go have dinner by yourself. <laughs> I've already decided I have new plans. Yeah, because we don't get anything from their exchange that we hear earlier on because of how quick it was. They're having a different conversation anyway before this. So mm-hmm. it would it would be such a quick, like, moment. There's not much of a chance for them to discuss it over this, like, ten-second period. It's It's almost like she's just gone... Oh yeah, I'm gonna go have dinner with you. Tim. You can Bye. you can almost hear it from off screen, but it's. I tried changing the volume and see if I could figure out what they're saying, but it's it, it's like they weren't didn't have actual words to it. 
Yeah, that makes sense. They probably didn't. <laughs> That's not really... Right, it probably was nothing scripted. It's just they put some noise off to the side before Charlotte comes back into frame. Tim says, oh, um, yeah, of course. And the final kick to Rory is Charlotte saying, great, bye, Roger. <laughs> yeah. And that, I think that's why Rory is just such a character that you instantly, like, love. Because of how much everyone else seems to dislike him. And I've only just realised that, actually. Yeah. Obviously, I've not got much context, having not seen the film. But it's only just clicked me with me then when you said it. The fact that she said Roger instead of Rory. Which uh-huh. is just, like, another yeah, cause he, cor- he corrected himself. I mean, he said Roger, then Rory, but he did correct him. Mm. You know, it's just, yeah. Kind of shows she was only half listening to him when she decided to direct her attention to him. I think yeah. she it's felt like she, like she had caring. to. Yeah, she yeah. felt like she had to, but didn't really care about the answer. And I mean, I think part of that is like, you know, if you're, if you're making a phone call with someone and you've got something you specifically need to ask them, but you're getting through the pleasantries first. You're sort of semi-listening to what they're saying, but know that you need to do what you need yeah, to do. Yeah, she, she heard his first answer and then stopped listening. Yeah. Yeah, like, when he corrected himself, he was almost talking to himself at that point anyway. No. He was almost telling himself, no, it's not, it's Rory. Like, she wasn't listening. And I mean, just to sort of look at how much people seem to not appreciate Rory, like, the minute before this, just before we cut to Rory there, there's a line where Tim says, what sort of idiot or something. What's, what's the line? It's something like that, isn't it? What sort of idiot can I get to come with me to see a show? I'll, I'll verify what the line is now. What kind we'll of sad on. act is going to be free on a Saturday night with no days? There nights. we go. And then we smash cut to, well, smash cut to Rory pretty much. I know we've discussed that a little bit as it's technically not a smash cut. But yeah, I mean, it's, so yeah, he, he, even in Tim's narration, well, in Tim's telling of the story, no one seems to particularly like Rory other than him just kind of, he's just there sometimes. So yeah, I, mean, I think he's such a brilliant actor. Is great. I wish we saw more of him. And I mean, I haven't checked as whether he's been in anything else. Oh, I think, hang on. I think I saw him in something actually. I can't what it was, but I feel like I was watching something and I was like, that's Rory. I'll, I'll check that at some point, but I'll read the rest of the dialogue first. So then we carry on, and Rory says, Oh yeah, excellent. Thanks again for the play. Triumph. And I mean, he he's not... Like, Rory deals with this pretty well as well. Yeah. Like, I like Rory, because he deals with this fine, and, like, he knows that's what the, that's what the best is for Tim. Like, you know that he he's partially hurt, but he knows that, like, his emotion isn't the concern at this point. It's, it's just a, a brilliant... Like, so much that he says in these expressions, really. So... Charlotte says, where do you want to go? Tim says, oh, well, wherever you like, really. And she says, I can't compete. And that's sort of all the dialogue for for this minute. So what what is there on visuals, Robert? Well, at the end, what's important is after the dialogue is we do get them at the restaurant and like back and forth smiling and laughing, but no dialogue. Tim and Charlotte are having a good time. Oh, yeah, we have got 10 seconds of that. <laughs> that's a good point. It do... Yeah, it's... Interesting that you couldn't track down what restaurant this was then. That's going to be a... I can imagine how that's annoying. <laughs> well, the problem is no one cares. The the restaurant in the dark, people cared, so people looked it up. And so that's listed on IMDb and it's listed on people talking about location shooting this movie. This one, it's just one off and it goes away. Same with her, where she's staying, whether it's a hotel or apartment building. I don't know, because it's not listed anywhere. Okay, that makes sense. 
Yeah, okay, I've seen the guy who plays... The guy who plays Rory has been in a few things. So his name is Joshua Maguire. And, I mean, he's done, like, EastEnders and Doctors and stuff, which seems to be most actors seem to... Who, who have reached this level of, like, romantic comedy or, like, major films seem to have started in a one-off role in the soap. Um, even Margot Robbie, <laughs> you know, well, except her wasn't one-off. She was pretty regular in Neighbours, I believe. So I, I know... I know I've seen him in Cinderella. He was the palace official. He was in a sitcom called Siblings, where he played Jack. And he's in Lovesick, which I haven't seen, but I know is a thing that quite a few people like. So, I mean, Robert, did you... Robert and Helen, did you know the guy, recognise the guy who played Rory from anything? No, and looking at what he's been in, the only things I've even seen are Mr. Turner and Cinderella. Well, in about time, obviously. Yeah. And Helen, what about you? You seen him in anything? Um, I'm just trying to see if I recognize. I'm just trying to find the the actor's name. It's Joshua McGuire. Yeah, I I remember actually because I watched Cinderella quite recently. I mean, I've seen it several times before, but I rewatched it only a couple of weeks ago, and I do remember that that would have been what it was, which I'd seen him in. And he's only in it briefly, but I do remember the sort of hang on, is that Rory? But yeah, I mean, I th- I think he's he's great as like a comedy actor in this, and I might. If Siblings is still an iPlayer, I might rewatch that because it appears he's a regular in that, and that's quite a good sitcom. I don't remember much about it, but I remember binging through it in like a day and thinking, this is pretty good, so it's worth giving that another go. Well, I do like him in this, so I don't know, I think I might watch some stuff that he's been in. Let's see. Oh, and he's got one writing credit for a short called The Dying Hours, which doesn't seem to have much info, well, no picture or poster on the IMDb page, so probably not much else info on that, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I could imagine him doing pretty well as a comedy actor because yeah, his just just the way he is in these minutes make him one of my favourite characters. Mm. I mean, we have realised, Robert. Yeah, that the weird characters are the best ones, like Kit Kat, mm-hmm. Rory, and I mean, I think Desmond's. I mean, my favourite will be Bill Nye as the dad, which is just yeah. different. Cause even just even nice Polly, who has what one line yeah. of dialogue, is such personality to her. Yeah, it's, it's it's so wonderful how much personality goes into these characters, which I'd go as far to say pretty much no one feels they should care about. I think that's probably a, a mix between his good, you know, the writing and casting actors who are actually, you know, motivated and caring enough, which you'd hope most actors and actresses are. Obviously, I know you are, Helen, to actually put thought into how their characters are in a situation, because I feel like if you had an actor who was just doing so many little spots on different films and TV shows, they might just be like, oh, I'll do these lines and then carry on. <laughs> you know? But I, I, don't, I don't know much of that, but I'd, I'd sort of imagine that a lot of actors wouldn't put as much thought into giving their characters a background as some of these minor characters seem to have and such a personality. So have we, have we any comments? Any other comments on 59? Nope. They ended a Japanese restaurant and... We'll get to that next time. Okay, and Helen, any comments for you? No. So, where can our listeners find you on social media, Helen? Yes. So, you can find me, and we figured this one out last time, on my Instagram, which is Helen underscore May underscore Austin, where May is M-A-E. I do post there, I just never take note of what my own name is. (laughs) That works. And, I mean, yeah, I think... You, I mean, you're you're not one of those people who who overposts and spams, so it's 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 good because, I mean, I I know at least on my part, like I know some people who post so irregularly 
that it's it's nice when we see that you post that you take notice so more sometimes yeah I think that's you know, you case. don't you don't need to know every part of what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks. But if I do something really interesting, I will let you know. I think that tends to be what I. I mean, you're you're less than less than I do, but I still don't tend to post too much. I mean, I do on the two minutes about time page because we release three episodes a week, and I'll post about each yeah. episode as it goes out. But on my on my personal and on my page. It's just like, post if there's something worth talking about, don't post if there isn't. Yeah. Well, a big part of it has been that up until now, for me, I've kind of been balancing other things as well as acting and and kind of my social life. I've been studying and I'm about to be through with studying. And so I feel like I'm going to, I'm about to become a lot more frequent on social media because... Hopefully, I'll be involved in more projects that I can talk about. Yeah. I, so I, 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 please I, I follow, def- please. And if you have a project, please include me. I'd love like to I say, know. to any film people working, I can genuinely give a really good recommendation for Helen. Like, your your keenness <laughs> and your motivation and your performance has had, like, most of the people who've reviewed and come to the film have said how great your performance was. So Thank you. Helen Thank is you. And I can highly it. recommend Luke as a director. I think we just we just hit as well with the other the other actors in the film. There was just a chemistry that we had, and because everyone in it seemed to anyway be in it for the right reasons, we just yeah. love creating any project, big or small. Hit me up because I love working on projects. That's why I do this because I enjoy it. I don't do it because I think there's a money aspect. I don't do it because I think it's gonna get me anywhere specific i do it because i enjoy it and i'm pretty sure luke does the same thing so i mean looking in those those actor groups on facebook i hate how annoyed some actors get about no pay and free projects or you know no no or low budget things and yeah so i think one of the bonuses about being a no budget filmmaker is the idea that you are only getting the actors who do it because they want to act Mm. And yeah, like don't get me works. wrong, people do make it their career, and, and so they do important. struggle. Yeah. But it's different. It depends what kind of project. I mean, you don't have to be part of the project. You know, it's it it's very project dependent. And I I do things because I think it's fun. Anyway, this is a long social media. <laughs> and Robert, in case you're feeling left out, I can recommend Robert as a co-host. <laughs> we could, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've got a, you've probably got a bigger backlog of, of podcast hosting than I have film and Helen has acting. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a long, how, how many podcasts have you done now? Um, let's see. Uh, Michael Myers Minute, Dave Made a Minute, Mandy Sucks Minute, The Room Minute, Annihilation Minute, this one. Uh, I'm forgetting some. And guest spots on like 20 others. <laughs> yeah. I'm like 50% sure Robert must be a time traveller because you get so much time for these things that it's brilliant. Anyway, Robert, where can they find you on social media? Robert E.G. Black on social media or lemmingdrops.com to find links to everything. And the listeners can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero, on Instagram at the ginger Luke, on Facebook at Luke Allen Film. They can also find all podcasts, radio appearances, newspaper articles, short films, anything I'm remotely involved in is probably at lukeallen.co.uk. If not, then contact me on one of the other forms of social media and I'll put it on lukeallen.co.uk. They can also find this show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Two Mins About Time. And they can join our Facebook group for Covered to discuss all things about time and anything else they want to chat about. 
looking, taking today's goodbye once again from a list of interesting ways to say goodbye. I'm trying to find these, the ones that aren't rhyming because they're getting kind of boring. Because we had, we did a load of rhyming ones at the start. Oh, here we go. Bye. I tolerate you. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Rude. Yeah. I felt bad saying that, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. <laughs>